activated by temperance spirits, temperance spirits, creating a space for change. I hit the wrong screen. Um, hi. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. Um, yeah, we got Mr. Booth immediately off the top. Because, yeah, thank you. Thank you, chat, for that. Uh, hello, everybody. The Vancouver Canucks beat the Edmonton Oilers, and they're six to their stomachs. Um, I'm Kaya. This is Avery. I'm from the Vancouver side. Avery's from Edmonton. Um, Avery, how are you doing tonight? You know, I'm I'm doing great. Most <laughs> Oilers fans, you know, the Oilers fans, the franchise organization, they're not doing that great. <laughs> no, they are not. They are not doing great at all. Uh, <laughs> um, it's really funny uh, how it kind of has transitioned from last season, you know, the whole narrative the Oilers were just basically walking the Canucks. Now it's we're up 3-0 and against them this season. Brock Besser has six goals against them. Um, very Audie James level joke there. Well, I mean, I, I would, I would love to see a game where the Flames could get six goals. Um, like, even if it's against Stuart Skinner. This oh. was a game for Oilers fans that is going to not be forgotten. And I think it's going to be not forgotten because of, it might be Jay Woodcross last game behind the bench. You know, it's been reported before, and I've heard it as well, that the leash on Jay Woodcroft right now is very short in terms of what he can do. Like, this really is, for the most part, Jay's last stand unless this team turned things around. And, you know, uh, and again, I'm, I'm very much pro Jay Woodcroft. I don't believe that firing him solves anything when you need better play defensively and a save. But... If Edmonton doesn't turn things around now against the Kraken and against the Sharks, oh boy, it's not going to be good short waters here at Edmonton, Kaya. Oh, yeah, no. Especially against the Sharks, considering Pittsburgh can score. Like, it's, it's, it's okay that we scored 10 goals. We scored 8 goals on you guys. But 10 goals against the Sharks from Pittsburgh? Yeah, no. No. Uh, I have a feeling that there this was... If it's not next game, if it's not this game, it'll be the next game. There's going to be a jersey on the ice. I was surprised considering I was downtown just before the game started and I saw a lot. I saw a lot of uh, Oilers fans getting on the train or going going back downtown. So, yeah. Anyway, starting out the night. Uh, the first period. <laughs> I my first note was that of note was the Canucks weren't even defending that well. The Oilers just looked disjointed, and wow, that continued because Demko made over forty saves during the game, um, <laughs> which a means the Canucks were not you know I mean some of them. Tyler Myers did good defensively tonight, which is insane to say, um. That, like, I noticed. <laughs> it's it's not, it doesn't have to happen often, but it happens occasionally. Um, but yeah, the Oilers just looked completely 
wrecked. They look completely wrecked. It looked like all the loose Lego bits you get at the end because they give you extra pieces. That's what the Oilers looked like tonight. Just a mishmash of nothingness. No offense to the Oilers. I understand you guys made the Western Conference Finals a couple years ago, and we can barely sniff a wild card spot. But what? <laughs> is exactly what I was thinking. Um, but you guys got the first goal, so. In that first period, that was one in which Edmonton did get a lot of shots on towards Zemco. At one point, the shots were 10 to 1. They are 14 3. They are firing everything towards him. They are firing, um, pretty sure they're firing a fan as well, too. Toward, like, it was a fan, it was a kitchen sink. It was some leftover Grizzlies jerseys thrown towards Zemco. <laughs> like that was, they got everything through. That was a good thing. I'm a big advocate for just get something, just get pucks on net, get him through traffic, and Matisse Ekholm gets his first of the year. Of course, as we know, Ekholm more defensive defenseman. And this is a team that over the past few games here has needed more from their defenders. They've got they've needed more from guys beyond Dry Silent McDavid. Good to see Ekholm get that first goal of the game, which he needed. Yeah, um, I mean, it's good to see him get that first goal of the game because I have him in fantasy. Anyway, <laughs> I picked him up at like 2 a.m. last night. I was like, all my defensemen are injured. Because uh, I have McAvoy, who's suspended. I have Luke Shen, who's injured. And I have Jamie Drysdale, who's injured. So Ooh. I was like, I need a defenseman. I need a defenseman. Ekholm was available. Um, yeah. Just top corner over Demko's love. Not much he could do there. Um, I think... I think you guys. I think they um, they scored because they played a really bad uh, Taylor Swift remix, and it was not Taylor's <laughs> version. Like it was the stolen version. That's why they got the first goal. Um, <laughs> but yeah, at one point there was like I think eighteen shots for the Oilers, and they had one goal, and then it was four shots for the Canucks, and they had two. Yeah, no, that was <laughs> uh, that 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 was a big problem right there for the Oilers was that they just. Couldn't get a save out of Stuart Skinner. And we, I feel like a, like a broken record because it's a thing that we've seen so much in which Edmonton has been unable to get a timely save from Jack Campbell or Stuart Skinner, who was their all-star last year. I mean, we've seen, I mean, there have been games where you've seen more saves from, from Skinner, but this year it has been horrible regression from, from Stuart Skinner this year. One second, I have accidentally done a technical mistake. Give me a second here. Um, yeah, no, it it was not a good... I hit the wrong thing. It's not game over without technical difficulties, everybody. <laughs> I try, I try my best. Oh, stand by, y'all. Wait. Wait. We're working we're, we're working through it. We're working through it, yeah. Okay, and we have a free back. Awesome! I know how to do technology. <laughs> if this is the best that Gen Z can do, we are not we are not presenting well in society. Um Yeah, Myers outskated Lavoie, Lavoie? I don't know how to say his last name. Yeah, Raphael Lavoie. Lavoie, okay. I was like, because I've seen it like Lavoie, like there was a teacher at my old high school. Um, but yeah, Myers asking Lavoie. 
that was really funny considering it's Tyler Myers. Uh, and then Hughes gets, he continues, um, he continues his goal scoring, not exactly streak, but the, he has his fifth goal in 12 games so far. Last season, it was his fifth, he got his fifth goal in the, um, 45th game of the season. And you know, you mentioned mentioned Quinn Hughes. He's someone who, when I hosted him over Vancouver, myself and Arash, we praised his play. And I I've been a big fan of Quinn Hughes. He's he's a twenty he's twenty three years old, and it feels like he's been in the league for fifteen, which the way he command was commanding presence on the blue line, and he gets to the net, throws that puck. I mean, it was a pass that was supposed. It was a pass that got across. Well, it didn't get across. Sorry, it got off the stick of Vincent DeHarnay, beat Skinner. But still, that was still a great play to draw a defender over and get that across because either way, it was going to either be going to net either via the own goal or a tap in across the crease. So great play by Quinn by Quinn Hughes. Yeah, and also Philip Pronek, Um, He only got into a handful of games last season for the Canucks, but this season he's already a point per game and he's on a seven-game point streak currently um, from that first goal. Uh, yeah, Hughes is leader in defenseman for points right now. Um, then 2-1, Suter, he, he's on a three-game <laughs> goal streak. <laughs> Everything is coming up, Canucks. I have no idea what's going on. Um, yeah, it was a good play from Joshua right to Suter. Then, uh, the nurse cross-checking penalty on Lafferty. Three goals in three minutes and 22 seconds. There was eight seconds on the power play. And it was Besser's fifth goal against Edmonton this season. He would later on get his sixth in the final minute of the game. You guys had a first period timeout. Yeah, that. I mean, you had no choice. Really, I mean, it, it's a thing you don't want to see. But Edmonton had no choice in that instance. Jay Woodcroft had to calm things down because that game was getting away from Edmonton, which is unfortunate because that start was ideal. I mentioned a lot of shots on net. You had Ekholm. Scoring, you had emptying their chances, but that second half of the first period got away from them, and Jay Woodcroft had to find a way to calm his troops down. Do you think it was the right decision to keep Skinner in for the whole game? You know what? I I gotta admit, I am a I'm I've it's known before I'm a big advocate for many reasons for a Stuart Skinner, but I do think you should have probably pulled him after the five two goal. I believe. Yeah. I mean, I think maybe they didn't pull him then because they maybe because they didn't know it was really a goal for a while. I, I didn't think it was a goal for a while, to be honest, and then the horn went. Um, yeah, so three goals in three minutes and 22 seconds, and then Ekholm just keeps trying to kill Niels Hoglander, um, and then Hoglander gets an interference on Ekholm, so offsetting penalties. Uh, da, 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 da. Kane thought it was a goal. It wasn't. And then Dreisaitl scores to uh, make it 3-2. After, after, Hamlin basically took out Demko. I, I had some debates in my DMs about this. So Demko was behind the net trying to play the puck, you know, as goalies do. <laughs> oh, it was actually um, Dylan, Hall Dylan Holloway in that instance. That was Dylan Holloway. Oh, yes, okay. Dylan Holloway. Okay, yeah. So Demko's trying to get the puck, and then he gets tripped up by one of the Oilers coming behind, and uh, he just basically can't move. He can't move. Um, 
And yeah, there was a comment made on the uh, broadcast from John Shorthouse. Good thing Vanny Sartini's not behind the bench. Uh, for my Whitecaps fans out there, you know, I'm still mad. He's probably still mad. It was a I, good thing. It was a good thing. But I don't blame him. I don't blame him. That was a garbage. That was a garbage call in the Whitecaps um, LAFC game. Well, yeah, because it's LAFC. They always want this is not this is not an MLS thing. But Tim Ford completely bodied one of the Whitecaps. This is not an MLS thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway yeah that was a good one i thought it was would that technically be goaltender interference i think i think there's great the nhl has basically given us a great area which is so nhl in terms of what is goalie interference and what is not so that call could have really gone either either way could have stood or could have not stood but again it's the nhl not properly defining what is goalie interference <laughs> I yeah, I feel like that's been the a tale as old as time. What is goaltender interference? I feel like it was better that the Canucks didn't challenge it. Uh looking back on it, because it was 3-2, if they had to go on the penalty kill, we're yes, we're not in the bottom ten for the penalty kill anymore, but we're still nineteenth, which is not in the top half of the league, even though we're third in the league right now. Um yeah, so it's better overall because also later on, Niels Hoglander makes it 4-2 after a tripping penalty on Garland where Kuzmenko showed up for a little bit. He's not been as noticeable this season, which is like weird considering he was the talk of everything last season. But I feel like that was also because he was the one bright spot <laughs> during the beginning of the Canucks season last year. We'll get into that later. Sure. Um. But yeah, Niels Hoglander, he starts it, joins the rush, Lafferty gets his first shot, it goes off Skinner, bounces directly to Hogla Hoglander. I wrote Hogs, and then I was like, wait, Hoglander. Um, and he scores a beauty. Yeah, so that was the second period. It was 4-2. You know, there's still hope. There's still hope for the Oilers. Yeah, that was a period in which at Edmonton, I mean, they were still... They were still in this game, but again, it was a very disjointed 40 minutes. There was no cohesion. This wasn't a game in which things clicked for the Oilers, and there have been very few games in which they've had a solid 60 minutes. I've been in the room before, and one of the common themes talking to the players and talking with Jay Woodcroft is that this team, even in games in which they've won, they've yet to string together a full 60 minutes. And surprise, surprise, this was maybe at best – a solid eight to nine minutes at best. <laughs> eight to nine minutes. I, I'll give them. I'll give them maybe the first period. No, never mind. Yeah, you're probably you're probably right there because they really showed up for two minutes. Uh, with like the beginning of the first, and then it was three one. There was the. <laughs> The first period timeout, like basically halfway, they had a bit of optimism at the beginning of the third, um, but then that was basically taken away from them right away with the goal going off of a skate. It looked like a Renaissance painting, and <laughs> it really did look like the minor hockey team I just had to commentate playing an intermission of the Surrey Eagles game the other night. Like, that's that's what it felt like. That's what it felt like watching that kind of goal go in. 
Um, yeah, Jay Woodcroft did not like that, but you know what? Sucks to suck. Some of us are still employed, Jay. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, for now. For now, for Jay now. Woodcroft is still head coach Hampton Oilers. I mean, in the next couple of days here, it's... Again, we we don't know how it's gonna go. Like, yeah, we're we checking really, updates. We're checking like, updates. <laughs> this team has to go two and one. There can't be, it can't be zero and three. It can't be zero two and one. It can't be one one one. Like this next run has to be at for Jay Woodcroft two and one. Yeah, especially dropping, uh, three of four in the homestand. Um. That just happened for the Oilers, as well as, you know, the only win coming out of, yes, it was the Heritage Classic, so, you know, it's all nice and pretty outside and everything, but at the same time, it's against the Flames. Yeah, that, uh, a team that was equally <laughs> struggling, a team that, and of course, we can talk to Audie and Peter about how Calgary, they're an equally, they're equally up, you know what, creeping out a paddle. Like, I don't think many people, I don't think many people thought Edmonton and Calgary would be battling in the basement of the Western Conference when the season began. I don't think if you told the if you told anyone who watched that 9-6 game in the second round a couple of years ago, if you told anyone this is where they'd be, like Calgary would not have half have most of the roster they had then. Edmonton would still barely get any recognition aside from having McDavid and Drysidle. I uh, yeah. I think a lot of Edmonton would lose their minds. <laughs> I, a lot of Alberta would lose their minds. You know, there's there would be rats coming in from all the borders because it's weird that you guys don't have them, and I'm never gonna get over that. Um, <laughs> I I'm gonna go hunting for rats in Alberta. Uh, first one is probably gonna be Deharnay. Anyway, wow. <laughs> <laughs> to say it i had to say it um there was a lot of rough stuff in the third period mcdavid didn't was going after demko and miller didn't like it um mcdavid cross-checked miller in the head and got away with it uh miller fought hyman hughes was trying to restrain mcdavid dry was going after piasuda like that it was a mess it was an absolute mess from all ends of the game um, and I do think the Canucks did a good job responding to this. I mean, yes, it was a little immature for Miller to go back because he's part of the senior leadership. He is the most senior of our leadership team because it's just him, Pedersen, Demko, and Hughes. Um, and obviously Hughes is the youngest, but he's the highest level. So not questioning them, but there, but yeah, he... McDavid and Dreisaitl were just not having it tonight. Like, that one point where the power play that... I mean, wasn't exactly the power play that Miller ended up scoring on, because technically Hyman was out of the box by then, but, like, their top line, or, like, a lot of their top players were in the penalty box. Like, Dreisaitl got a misconduct. That's wild! <laughs> yeah, a drive with misconduct and... McDavid went to the box as well, too. So it was a game in which, that third, this team, things unraveled so very much for Edmonton. The composure just was not there in that third period. Yeah, it it kind of, they lost the plot after that goal was overturned. And 
yes, it was kind of a kicking motion. Again, that's another rule that's never gonna get defined by the NHL. Like, they'll allow warm-up jerseys to be played for the whole game again before they allow <laughs> any nuance when it comes to this. Uh, yeah, it was a lot of- a lot of rough stuff going on between the two teams. And then the weird Miller goal where it was like, not in, but then it was in. Dreisaitl looked really sad after that. <laughs> I want to point out, um, but I mean, I kind of liked it. I, I felt bad. I felt bad, you know, I, like I felt bad against the Sharks and the, and the loss. Not even going to mention the score, but he looks so defeated. Do you think that's like the mentality of kind of this Oilers team? going into, well, going through what they're going through currently. Like, I understand they usually have a lot of lower skids, but, like, especially for a team of this caliber, kind of, they've been in the same spot of we should be winning, but especially now they're not. No, um, this this, this team right now, this looks like a very defeated, defeated team. As much as they're never going to say it, this looks like a team that is unfortunately defeated by because again, this team had so much confidence coming into the year and seeing tonight, seeing this destroyed effort, seeing Drysaddle kick that misconduct, seeing Jay Woodcroft be ejected was a team that just looked fed up with how the season has begun tonight. And it, it is so very rare to see a head coach ejected in the NHL. That doesn't happen very often. I know Louis DeBrusque on the oil broadcast mentioned. He doesn't recall last time or his coach was ejected in a game. And I'm not even sure how you would find that. But that is something that is a very rare thing in franchise history. I would have to do my Googles. But yeah, I, off the top of my head, I cannot recall last time or his coach was ejected mid-game, if ever. Yeah, no, that was, that was wild. I was not expecting, like, I was kind of expecting some kind of controversy coming from, because Woodcroft was not having it after... Like, the timeout, I feel like in the first period, he was like, okay, okay, we need to settle down here. And then the goal gets over to her, and he's like, no, I'm going after you. You're the problem here, not me. And the you is the refs. Um, not you, Avery, you're cool. But <laughs> <laughs> you're good, you're good. Uh, yeah, Woodcroft, he gets sent off before they even call that he got the game misconduct. Like, he's walking down the tunnel as he's as they're announcing it in Rogers Arena, or the refs are. That is, uh, <laughs> he's, he's getting fired. That was his last game as an Oilers coach. If it's not, I don't know what to say. I think if it's not, then the Oilers are going to get the Sharks their first win of the season. And then he's getting fired. All right. Well, I just got, uh, I just got a, the uh, email from Oilers PR. If there is news... It will not be tomorrow. The players are off. So okay. any any news will not come tomorrow. It sounds like it'll probably come Wednesday. But again, we'll see what happens if there is any change to come. I don't. So not Tuesday, most likely. But it will probably be later on if there is any news. But I do think, I do think Woodcock will get at least one more game to sort things out. Yeah, especially because, you know, they're going into a bad... I... I... They're going into a bad team. They're going into the San Jose Sharks. They've dropped 10 goals in their last two games. Like, it's... I think he's hoping that this is 
gonna be his like hey we did a good thing and then people are have to go into the uh perspective of oh no it's the sharks it's just an average thing um yeah so after that nurse got a penalty for ripping off hoglander's head helmet not his head oh my gosh <laughs> that would that would be much worse that would be much much worse um and then besser gets his 10th of the season in the 12th game so he's already he's already uh one third of the way to 30 on the season. He has more goals than McDavid and Drysidle, and McDavid apparently was gonna get 70 this year. Who or was it Drysidle that was gonna get 70? One of them. One of them was, we we assumed one of them would. But yes. that's that isn't that's not going the way. It looks more like we're gonna get that from Austin Matthews out in Toronto. Oh yeah, no, he's uh what's he at? Like three or four hat tricks now? <laughs> he's up there. He's up there. He's up there. Um, is this updated? NHL website. Yeah, we're still second in the league. Or no, third in the league. I can read. Boston's still ahead of us, and Vegas is still up there. Edmonton is 31st! Yeah, this is... Again, like, this is, and this is the worst start the French has had since 93-94. A start that generally no one saw coming. Yeah. This is honestly like they're below Chicago. Do you know how bad that I I'm sorry, I'm hating on the Oilers too much. This is just because like where it's been the last few seasons where it's just been the Canucks at the bottom of the league and the Oilers are, you know, the best Canadian team in the Pacific. Now it's just kind of like our we're in our reputation era. <laughs> that's that's what I like to call it. Um, yeah, let me see, are the points updated? No. It still says Jack Hughes is leading the league in points, which is incorrect, because Patterson has 21 points, I believe, now? He got an assist on the best circle. Alright, I think that's sufficient for the game. Canucks may be the worst run organization in Canada, but... We're on a run right now! Four games in a row, baby! Alright, okay. I think that's sufficient for the recap. Uh, we're gonna take a quick little ad break here. And then we'll get into kind of the dichotomies of going- of being a fan of these two teams over the last few years. And currently, because it has- boy, the turn to have tables. Uh, all right, Avery, I'll toss it to you. All right, yes. One sec. Oh. Yes, of course, a word from our fine friends at Temperance Spirits. Of course, Temperance Spirits is, is for this for this season. They have sponsored Game Over Edmonton. And they are the city's leading non-alcoholic beverage provider. Visit Temperance online for a curated selection of non-alcoholic options. Choose from a variety of craft beers, mocktails, wines, and spirits. Temperance isn't just a retailer. It's a community of Edmontonians who celebrate the spirit of, social of socializing without the need for alcohol. And with Temperance Spirits online shop, ordering your favorite non-alcoholic bevies right to your door is as easy as Connor scoring the winning goal. <laughs> Find our partners at Temperance Online at www.temperance.com hyphen spirits.com for delivery to your door 
and use code SDPN for 10% off your code at checkout. Give them a follow on Instagram and Facebook at, at Temperance Spirits. And of course, we also have to thank our, our newest sponsor, our friends over at Bitstamp. Or, yeah, um, the NHL season is heating up and there's never been a better time to get in on the action. Whether you're looking to hammer an Austin Matthews anytime goal, highly likely, or ride the puck line with the Montreal Canadiens, our partners at Sign Up Expert want to make sure you're ready to sweat your bets with one of the best. Sign Up Expert is hooking up our listeners with one of the newest sportsbooks available in Canada, Betano. Betano is home to some of the best odds when it comes to betting on the NHL and offers unique markets including virtual soccer and basketball. All you have to do to get started is scan that QR code on your screen or click the link in the description to register and place that first bet. If you thought the Vancouver Canucks have been the best surprise of the season so far, wait until you try Betano. Don't walk, run to check out Betano today. Scan that QR code or hit the link in the description to get started and start sweating your bets with the best. Always remember to bet responsibly and within your means. Viewers must be 19 plus to sign up for BetNo. Okay. Where are our teams currently? Because last season, we had... The Canucks were about two weeks removed from our first win of the season. (laughs) Uh, last year, we went 0-8 to begin the season. We got completely shelled by the Oilers uh, at the beginning of the season. And now it's kind of reversed roles, because, you know, 8-1, <laughs> 4-3, 6-2. We've scored, I think, th- I saw it in the chat earlier, 18 goals, if my math's correct, mm-hmm. against yes. you guys. It is, yeah. The run, the run of Vancouver and Edmonton, is replicating the run that B, the BC Lions had against Yelps this year. It's, it's, it's replicating <laughs> that run right now. <laughs> it's it's the it's the run that every team had against the Elks this year. Let's be real here, okay? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's the Oilers are really they're losing the plot. Eighteen to six goals for. For the, Boy, yeah. <laughs> I mean that is. We have scored three goals to every one Oilers goal. Like that is. That is not. You mentioned the start kind. You mentioned how it's been reversed from last year. It really has because we saw. Remember, we remember, remember the dysfunction of the Canucks to start this season. We remember mm-hmm. Canuck players mid-game arguing with each other on the ice. Remember that happening early in the season. And we remember Edmonton coming out of the gate, 7-3, and three, looking great to start the year. And it's been a complete 180 in terms of how these two teams have gone in directions. And now I, I, I felt Vancouver was going to be a more competitive team this year, but I didn't see Vancouver coming out of the gate and just <laughs> sunning Edmonton so far in two out of the three matchups. And it's been a very long time since Vancouver has won as many games against Edmonton. It goes back almost a decade in which Vancouver has won their first three meetings against the Oilers. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely, like, we expect to win against a few different Pacific teams. Like, obviously, the ones near the bottom of the 
uh, standing sport, but usually not the Oilers. Like, I, I I had tonight's game on as, okay, we're gonna lose. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Whatever. 6-2. I was not expecting that. I was- I understand you guys have some goaltending issues. Like, we had that last year. Uh, I saw a note about different coach, different captain. You gotta fire Woodcroft, and you gotta trade McDavid. So that is going to be... <laughs> you're gonna no. trade McDavid across the continent. He's going to Carolina. Just kidding. <laughs> I remember Kaya screaming. Yeah, my vocal cords still don't forgive me for that. Um, <laughs> yeah, with kind of the comparison to the Canucks' last few seasons... Um, with where the Oilers are right now, you start off the year completely dismally. Um, 2021-22, that season, we had uh, Travis... Who the hell's uh, hell Adam? I was going to say Adam, not Adam. Travis Green was our head coach at that time. Yes, uh, Jim Benning was still the general manager. There was a jersey thrown on the ice. I will never forget this. It was my 19th birthday, and I had turned off the game after the after it was 3-1. And then we turned it back on, and Demko was on after hours, because it was a Saturday night, so hockey night mm-hmm. in Canada. He was on after hours, and it was just blank behind the eyes. After the 4-1 loss to Pittsburgh, because that was the that was the jersey throw. Jersey gets thrown on the ice the next day. Travis Green gets fired. Jim Benning gets fired. I call that a late birthday present. And then we bring in Bruce Boudreau. Next year, Bruce Boudreau eventually gets canned in January. Bo Horvat gets traded after we signed JT Miller, which is actually kind of turning out. Um, <laughs> and Demko obviously was injured for a lot of the season. The Oilers, what's your excuse? I understand McDavid's missed some time. I understand maybe somebody maybe Woodcross lost the room. I really have no clue what's going on right now with you with the with the team cuz you guys were seemingly on fire in, in the Western Conference but now it's just nothing. It feels right now like it's 20 individuals in that room right now. That's how it really feels. It doesn't feel like it's a collective buying in for each other even though when the season began. That was a big talking point of wanting to buy in, learning the, the box in one system. And that's how, and they're saying all the right things when the season began. And they continue to say the right things, but it isn't happening. And that's a major issue when you continuously say and say, yes, we know we have to correct. We have to come out better. We have to come out better defensively. We have to give more support to Stu and Campbell. It, a, after a while, it gets tired when you keep on hearing it and it's not happening. And that, it, and it gets tired to the fan base, it gets tired to everybody when they keep you on hearing it and they're not seeing it. And again, um, someone who I liked in this game, who I think there's a little bit more playing time was um, Dylan Holloway. Holloway got a bit more time. So I do hope that he he's someone who I think we give him a little more playing time. He thrives. So I hope you do see Hall, um, Holland, um, Woodcroft play a little bit more in that roster because, you know, the one line I didn't mind tonight was I didn't mind seeing Fogel, Drysdale, and Holloway. I thought they played well tonight as a unit. So I want to see more from Holloway and Fogel uh, against the Kraken. But I w- this is a very, very strange team. Like I said off the top, Kaya, you see glimpses where this team does look good, but it's never consistent. It's not for longer than eight or nine minutes. And until you do 
put it all together for more than a stretch of eight minutes, you're not going to win very many games, especially when teams like Vancouver keep winning, like Vegas keeps winning, like other this Pacific Division is getting away from them quickly. <laughs> yeah, like, people always say the Pacific Division is wide open. It's never been wi- more wide open than right now. Anaheim is in fourth. Do you know how wild that is? And yeah. they were 32nd last year. They handed Vegas their first regulation loss. Like, it is completely wide open now because Calgary and Edmonton are admittedly start struggling. I understand what you said about how they're saying all the right things but not really executing it. It's kind of what I think the Canucks going into the last season, if we don't make the playoffs, it's going to be a huge disappointment. That whole thing. Unfinished business because we got knocked out in like the 80th game of the season uh, the year prior. So they had unfinished business. They had t-shirts made for it. And then they were all on clearance um, at the end of the year sale. So I might have one somewhere. Um... They also had Bruce There It Is t-shirts there for five bucks in May. So, uh, then there was also Structure. That was one that just kept getting repeated all of last season. I am sick of hearing that word. But yeah, Structure. We need more Structure. The boys need more Structure. We need Structure to get back in this season. Structure, Structure, Structure. We heard it so much last year. But nothing was done to help really fix the team until Talkit came in. And even then, it wasn't really fixed until Demko came back later in the season, and really nothing mattered then. So, hopefully, the Oilers get it together. Uh, for your sake. For my sake, I'm completely fine if this continues. But, uh, for your sake, I, I hope... I, I hope that it gets a little bit better. <laughs> well, you know, covering a team that wins is is much better than covering a team that keeps on losing. The room is a lot more lighter. The stories oh, yeah. are better. <laughs> so I, I, that, you know, and, and of course people, I, I know there are some in the media who say they don't care about a winner or loss. Like from my standpoint, it, you get better content when you're covering a winning team by far. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing is in Vancouver, we have that problem too. With like, Oh, Vancouver media only likes it when it's when the team's losing because then, you're like, no, it's good when teams win. Uh, personally, my best content came with, you know, 0-8 game, but, you know, I'm still riding that high, like, a year later. I'm never letting that go. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's because I'm a narcissist. Anyway, um, yeah, it's really, it's nice to have your team win for once. It's a weird position to be in as a Canucks fan, because I'm just waiting for the honeymoon phase to end with this point. I... Yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be a time this season. The Canucks are looking to be in a playoff spot for the first time. Like I understand they were in the 50th season in the bubble in 2020 and they went on that run where they killed St. Louis, but then Robin Leonard just kind of grabbed a puck off Brock Besser and then that was it. That was it, but yeah, I think this season the Canucks are I don't want to say they're underrated, but I feel like they've become that because everyone's kind of used to them being bad due to the Benning era. And yeah, we still have repercussions from that era coming through, (coughs) Tyler Byers existing. But I do think that this team has finally turned it around and it's kind of nice to be the better team and the better Canadian team right now. 
because, um, yeah, we're the, currently the best Canadian team. It's weird to say. It's weird yeah. to say, considering Toronto... I mean, then again, it, uh, you guys have Tyler Batuzzi, Max Domi, and Ryan Reeves all making millions of dollars. Um, so, Ryan Reeves is a minus 12. Ooh, that's... As of last night, so I don't know if it's changed, but I saw that yesterday, and I was like, ooh. Um, Tyler Myers playing good. Yeah, no, it's so weird. Um, yeah. Chat, if you have any questions, thoughts, comments to make, I'm gonna do a little... Q&A here if that's alright but Avery any last yeah, thoughts yeah. about uh, what to do with the Oilers because it's just it seems like a never ending pit of despair currently and I don't want y'all to have to go through the same thing we did last season where <laughs> you th you don't know if your coach is getting fired for like four months and then suddenly on Hockey Night in Canada Elliot Friedman announces his firing and then it doesn't happen for two weeks I, I still don't know what happened there um, also, you guys beat us on Bruce's last game, last season. Right. <laughs> that yeah. did happen, yes. That did happen. This is karma for that. <laughs> I'm ending oh, on that note. I guess. You know what? I will I will give a positive first. I, I, I will say positive with the Canucks for, first because Rick Talkett is someone who I met when Rick Talkett came in. I was skeptical because I remember his Talkett. I remember um, when he was first hired. I recall, I remember his tenure in Tampa Bay and Arizona. I was very much like, mm, is that the guy? I thought he was a very average, okay coach. I didn't think he was a guy who was going to put anybody over the top. He was just a so-so coach. But seeing what he's done with his unit in Vancouver, I've been very impressed with what he's done. He's been able to get a lot of things clicking as with the Canucks, and he's found a way to make it work. So full credit to talk it Again, like I said, I didn't think he was that great with Tampa and Arizona, but he's found a way to make it work in Vancouver and in this division, in the Pacific division, which is so predictable, because you mentioned it there, it were, Anaheim's in fourth. Yeah. Anaheim's in fourth in this division. <laughs> Anaheim was supposed to, quote unquote, be a tanking team, and they are up near wildcard spot right now. They're up near the fourth in that division. So anything is possible right now, and it's interesting to see what's going to happen. But for the Oilers, in that aspect, the Oilers are a team in which they got to sort things out quickly because, again, this season, U.S. Thanksgiving is coming quickly. It's coming up. And we all know that's a barometer for the most part of who's going to be in the playoffs or not. It's not a, a confirmed indication, but it's a good indication of who's going to be in the playoffs by that mark. And if Edmonton doesn't turn things around by then, it's going to be such an uphill climb. Again, when you see teams like Vegas, Vancouver, Anaheim keep winning. But I do think there will be a change. Eventually, because you, even though it's Ken Holland's final year as GM, you you're you were supposed to be that team that was going to be in you know your contender with window cup or bust year, and you can't waste any more time of Leon Drysaddles or Connor McDavid. You have two generational talents. The red flags should be going off in the organization right now. You don't have time to be. Two, eight, and one. You flat out don't. Yeah, like the whole cup or bust season. I feel like that's been they're they've supposed to been con supposed to have been contenders for years and years and years. We hear that comment recycled a lot when it comes to this team because of just the talent that they have, um, due to their position in the early 2010s. Obviously, you know, Dressaddle, um, McDavid, everyone else 
kind of is supplementary, but especially those two. You know, you have the best two players supposedly in the league. Um, saying supposedly because currently Elias Pettersson is leading the league in points. Just wanna just wanna put that out there. Just make sure everyone's aware. Just everyone's aware. Elias Pettersson is currently the best player in the NHL. Um, by points. Yes. Copper bust. Yeah. It's I hope it gets better. Like you said, uh, American Thanksgiving is usually, like, a marker for when who's going to be in the playoffs. I just wanted to say, just wanted to put it out there. St. Louis was at the bottom of the league. Um, they were at the bottom of the league uh, January, on New Year's Day, and then they won the cup. So anything can happen. I mean, yes, at the same time, you don't have, you have Jack Campbell, and Stuart Skinner as your goaltenders, and not, you know, Jordan Bennington pre-water bottle. But, <laughs> like, I I feel there's still hope. But there's yeah. not much of it. I mean, it's... This is a team in which, again, you we talked about the buy-in, how this team wants to buy-in. Well, you, show it. You This team has to start showing it now before this season fully gets away from you. You need to see that buy-in from not just three or four guys, but from the collective. If you want to be that contender and not get laughed out of the building again, because so many experts, so many people have this M2 Oilers team either winning a Stanley Cup or being in the Cup Final, and they are treading water only above the Calgary Flames and the San Jose Sharks. That's embarrassing. It, it's plenty more. It's embarrassing, Kaya. The flames are ahead of them. <laughs> sorry, I, I'm sorry. I'm like, I hate to rub it in, but I was like, the flames are thirtieth. They have five points. Edmonton is three. Um, are three? No, four. That that my math is wrong. That where's? Oh no, they have five. My math is wrong either way. Flames have seven. I can't read. Um, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot going on in Edmonton, and it's all with the wrong things. Um, a lot of people in the chat are saying, you're awesome. Ken Holland should fire himself. <laughs> I think I think Into the Sun would be a good option. Um, okay. The Canucks are beating good teams and not so good ones, while the Leafs, Jets, Habs, Sens, Flames, and Oilers haven't had as much success. Okay, well, okay, in the league standings. So the Canucks are in third. The next Canadian team is the Leafs in 13th. Mm. That's that's a that's a thinker. A lot of people uh. saying shout out shout out to Kelowna. I guess there was a Tyler Myers mention. Shout out Whistler. Whistler's cool. Shout out the Territories. 403. That's that's Alberta. That is, yes. That's that's near Peter and that's in Peter and Audi territory down in Calgary. Okay. I I I know a few area codes and that's one of them. Um, <laughs> um Mickinator says, "Show your uh, Avery. You are representing all of us Oilers fa Oilers fans. Show your inner anger." <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm not a fan. Though. That's the thing. I'm a Oilers. I'm an analyst. I'm not a fan. <laughs> I mean, I. I mean, I, I get emotional. I mean, I'm. I'm no. I'm no Zach. I, I leave that for Zach and Dennis. Those two are the guys 
who will, I mean, could you, I mean, you know, bless you, Zach. I hope you're getting some rest. I hope you're not. I hope you didn't throw your TV out the window tonight. Because I, I want Zach to come back here and not have any blood vessels popping out of his head. Because this team is causing him so much stress and so much grief. Zach needs, Zach needs a nice Oilers six-game win streak. Because I want his blood pressure to go down. I do. Sincerely. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, there's a shout-out to, yo, shout-out my homies in Abbotsford. They're cool. I don't know. That's where that's where the Canucks are. The other ones. The other Canucks. The baby Canucks. Um walk it like you talk it. Walk it like you talk it. That's <laughs> that's a lot in here. Uh nice to see Besser healthy. Yeah, Quinn is tied mm-hmm. for second with Jack and Nikita Kucherov, but we choose to ignore him. Um, at least I do. <laughs> um is is McDavid mad, bro? He said, like, death... Uh, he's quoted Taylor Swift, actually. Like, such a banger move. McDavid said the death by a thousand cuts. Taylor Swift mentioned. I'm I'm all here for it. Um, yeah. uh, whoop. I lost where I was in the chat. McDavid is mad because he knows Leon is out of there. Oh, that's a hot take. For the record, I they're they're not leaving. These are two guys who, being around both McDavid and Drysaddle, these are two guys who, of course, it's frustration. But these are guys they're very they're stubborn in the way of they want to accomplish a goal before leaving something or before parting something, which I don't think will happen. These are the kind of guys in which they aren't satisfied unless they succeed where they are. Dry Sal and McDavid are two guys who want to bring a cup to Edmonton and who want to win in Edmonton. And everything and everything you see in media, everything they say, that is true. These are two guys who want to win in Edmonton no matter what it takes. I could see that. I could see that. I feel like that was a few with, like, comes to mind the Sedin Twins, obviously. But I feel like that's a situation that we're in now because Patterson is obviously in his contract year. Um, mm-hmm. so that's a high point of contention right now. How much are we going to pay him? Is he going to want to stay? Now that we're doing really well, I think that's kind of a given. I feel like we're in that same situation where he said this in an interview with Elliot Friedman, I think, where he said something like he wants to win in Vancouver. And I'm like, well, that, that would be nice. That mm-hmm. would certainly be nice. There Now there's just, you know, debates on who, uh, um, on who should be, uh, the cup, who should be handed the cup after Hughes, like the order, like people were actually debating the order the other night after the Dallas win. Really? That's, yeah. That's, 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 getting, that's getting ahead of yourself. That's, that's getting okay. ahead of yourself. I gotta at least, at least they're not practicing <laughs> holding it like they did a decade ago. Okay. No, <laughs> allegedly, allegedly. I... <laughs> McDavid already has a nice house with a heated driveway. He's not just leaving just for the driveway. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if I had a heated driveway and I didn't have to deal with, like, I guess you guys just have snow. You don't, do you guys get that much ice out there? Oh, oh yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. Okay. I know, I know Vancouver winters aren't like that. There's not as much snow and there's not much ice, but Edmonton winters, you know, I, 
I'm not afraid to say it. I, I, I've said before, I'm a proud Albertan, but I hate snow. I hate winter. I hate snow and ice. I cannot stand it. Yeah, we get we get it bad come December, January, February. <laughs> I yeah, I'm kind of like the op opposite. I'm like I like the weather here, but at the same time, I wish it snowed more. Maybe that's just because like I don't know. I'm a December baby, so it's like I've never had snow around my birthday for a long enough period of time and i just want to have that authentic experience you always see in like the hallmark christmas movies was whenever somebody has a december birthday they always get the snow we've been getting some nasty winters in bc dude yeah true i had like my first snow day of my entire public school career in like grade 11 <laughs> so oh, or grade no i had one in grade nine i think and then one in grade 12 maybe Maybe. And that was it. That was a few years ago. But now I get them all the time because buses don't know how to drive in the snow so no one can get to schools. <laughs> anyway, away from the weather talk. Um, yes. Yeah, Vancouver showed how good their core is. Even, like, they've had game-winning goals, I think, from eight different members of the team, they said. Maybe that's gone up now. Probably not. Who had the game-winning goal again? Not Dreisaitl. It was Besser. So, no. But, yes, it was, it, I was like, Brock Besser. Because I was like, three. And then the first three I see is next to Dreisaitl. And I'm like, that's not correct. No. <laughs> um, yeah. Eight different guys. Like, uh, the core has definitely been a big part of this team. They, you have seen, you know, obviously Dakota Joshua is trying to, to step it up a little bit uh, to stay in the lineup. You've seen um, Sam Lafferty do Sam Lafferty things. You've seen uh, Niels Hoaglander, especially, too, trying to make his name in the team, especially after last season getting sent down to Abbotsford. Um, we still do have too many wingers. We have good defensive additions. Suter is probably one of my favorite new players in the entire NHL right now. Like, three-game goal streak. He's adorable. He's a little guy. He just really likes it. I can't wait. I can't wait for this team to get into the playoffs and absolutely get swept in the first round. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Garland's always good. He's getting traded. Fingers crossed. Okay, Avery. Do you have any closing comments for the chat? Uh, I will just say, well, I, first of all, I'll say that I watched the chat tonight. Yo, the chat, there was like there was a bunch of arguments. The chat was getting fired up tonight. Oh, Yo, yeah. I was, the chat, there was a bunch of hostility. It was back and forth. Yo, the chat was active on a Monday night. Cause don't you, don't you work tomorrow, chat? It's Monday. Don't you got work? Oh. I thought the chat was getting active, but, um, but seriously though, <laughs> seriously with this team, again, this team has to find a way to get again, not only get off on the right foot against the Kraken and San Jose, but sustain a sustain a lead, sustain a lead, and you're gonna need a better efforts from guys like Ryan Nugent Hopkins, um, Evan Bouchard. Because I, you know, I love I love Evan Bouchard. I love him, but tonight was not his good night. We saw him defensively get badly exposed in his own end of the ice. You're gonna need more from Bouchard, from Ryan from Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and you're gonna need again. We've, it's been preached all year long, complete 60-minute efforts from this forward core. And again, 
this team got shots on. They got plenty of shots on. They got over 30 shots on again. But converting on those high-danger chances is a must against the Kraken, especially against the Sharks going forward. All right. Thank you, Avery. I'm going to sum up the Canucks win with one comment from the chat from I'm Hungry. I relate. Canucks struck oil. Struck them in more than one way. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Sure. Quinn and Jackie's type of points really makes you think. Yeah, that actually kind of does because Quinn's probably going to pass him because Jack's injured. Anyway, that's going to be a fun summer for those two brothers. <laughs> Uh, I hope everybody has a great night. Like the video, rate, review if you're listening to this on a podcast platform, subscribe to SDPN, check out Temperance Spirits, check out Betno. We, um, I've been Kaya May, at Real Kaya May on Twitter. Avery, what, what what's, your, what's your handle again? Follow me on Avery at A-V-R-Y, just the four letters. Okay. As you, can find, um, you can find my takes on hockey, life, Food takes, eat your steaks well done, all that good stuff. No, 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 no. Well, I mean, you like your steaks like you like your hockey teams. Hooked. Oh, boy. Good night, everybody.